Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Acts chapter 8. And I want us to look this morning, beginning with verse 17 of Acts chapter 8, verse 17. Actually, this story begins that we're going to talk about. It starts uh, actually in the book, in verse 9. Uh, <clears throat> I tell you what, let's go ahead and just start at verse 9 because I want <clears throat> to make sure that we get <clears throat> everything uh, related to this story. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery or witchcraft and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. And then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered beholding the miracles and signs which were done. I want you to notice something about those two verses that we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. The Bible says this in verse 12, that when they believed, they believed Philip uh, was one that had been ordained as a deacon. Uh, he had uh, moved into uh, being an evangelist, and he was preaching the Bible says that while Philip was preaching, now revival was taking place. Signs and wonders and miracles were happening. Uh, and you can read about that in the first eight verses of this chapter. Uh, but Philip was preaching, and while he was preaching, the things concerning the kingdom of God, the reign of God, the place where God reigns, when, while he was preaching the things of the kingdom of God, and the name of Jesus Christ, uh, as he was preaching these things, uh, many believed. The Bible says that they were baptized, both men and women. But I want you to notice verse 13. It says that then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered beholding or seeing the miracles and signs which were done. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but I just wanted to point that out to you, uh, and uh, we'll get back to it in just a minute. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of, the, of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet... He was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that 
through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said to him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this thy wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Verse 23, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Then answered Simon and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken uh, come upon me. Father, we thank you today for your word. We ask you now, Holy Spirit, to take this vessel, this vessel of clay, this, this vessel that is weak without you. Take me, Lord, this morning. Spill me out. Deliver the word that you desire to be delivered today through my mouth. In Jesus' name, we'll give you the praise. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about breaking the pattern. This this portion of scripture has been uh, on my heart for the past three weeks. As you know, on Wednesday night, we've been going through the book of Acts, the impact class. They're also going through the book of Acts. There are uh, several chapters ahead of us, uh, but uh, we've been going through the book of Acts, and God has been speaking uh, what I believe very uh, strong words uh, through uh, our study. But a few weeks ago, I read this passage of Scripture, and God just began to, to deal with me about the story of Simon the sorcerer. I don't recall, it's quite possible, but I don't recall ever preaching a message on this passage of Scripture. But as I read it, God began to deal with me about the life of Simon. Simon, which was referred to as a sorcerer, was one that, that was there and, and he had practiced his craft or his magic undoubtedly for years in this city. And because of that, he had many followers. He had convinced many that he was some great man, that he uh, possessed some great power. How many of you know that the devil will go to great lengths to bring deception into your life? And deception had happened in this city through the avenue of witchcraft and sorcery and manipulation. Witchcraft, many times, is simply defined as a spirit of manipulation. And a spirit of manipulation is that spirit that will get you, uh, it can connect you uh, in what seems to be the right thing, but it will twist and turn and twist some more until it gets you into the place that it wants you to be. And, and, and Satan is a master of manipulation. And he used these, uses these spirits of witchcraft to operate uh, in order to do that. 
unfortunately today that we're living in a, in, a, in a time where there is much deception going on in our society. There is much deception that's going on and it has uh, God over the door. It has Jesus over the door many times, but there's deception that's going on. And Simon, uh, being uh, in the midst or in the in the uh, time when Philip the evangelist was preaching and signs and wonders was happening, the Bible says this: that Simon believed just like everybody else did. Now, it says in verse twelve that they believed preaching Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized, both men and women. And then Simon uh, also believed, and he was baptized. If you look up the word believe there, those that believed in verse 12, as well as Simon when he believed in verse 13, that word believe simply means to accept something by faith. It means uh, to hear the word are to believe the word, are to believe by faith. And so, now, you might believe that <clears throat> once saved, always saved. You might not believe that. I'm not going to get into all that. But I am going to tell you this, that according to the scriptures that we just read, uh, many people believed, they were baptized, and uh, Simon also believed and was baptized. Now you could say, well, he made a false, he had a false conversion or whatever. The fact is of what the Bible says here that all of them believed. But I, I thought it was strange that they would use two verses to say that the people believed Philip's preaching and then in the next verse they would say that Simon also believed. And the reason that I believe that that took place is that this story, right in the middle of revival, I asked myself the question, God, why in the middle of revival would you allow this particular story to be included in chapter 8? Why would you right in the middle of something that you were doing that was good, why would you include this story of Simon the sorcerer because it is negative, it is, it is deceptive, it is about deception, and it is, it is uh, about someone that caused harm to the kingdom of God. So why would you put it right there where you put it? And God began to deal with me, and, and God spoke to my heart and said, Son, I put it there because there's some things in that that my people need to understand today because the same thing is taking place in many lives today that people think they've got something, but they really don't have what they think they've got. It is deception and manipulation. So the Bible says that Simon uh, also believed and was baptized. I want you to notice something about verse 12. It says that the people heard the word and believed. They heard the word and believed. But if you go down to verse 13, the Bible refers to Simon as seeing the signs and wonders and miracles, uh, and that's what his believing was based on. In other words, 
the people heard something and that's what their belief was based on. Simon saw something and that's what his belief was based on. So what is the difference? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. Uh, faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The difference is that Simon saw something and what he saw, he believed what he saw. And he was right in there in the middle with everybody else. But listen, there is something about the word of God. When you hear it and you have an ear of faith and the word of God gets in your spirit. It is that word that will change your life. Listen, you can see signs and you can see wonders and you can see miracles from now on and you will never have a true conversion experience with God. Why? Because what I see cannot change me, but what I hear will make a difference in my life. And, and so apparently what happened in this story is that that Simon heard or saw something, but it never got in his spirit. He continued walking with the church. He continued, he was even baptized with the others, and it seemed like that everything was going good until. See, the thing about patterns in our life, and I brought this pattern that I had from several years ago that I never returned to the rightful owner. But I brought this pattern in today because I want you to understand something. The uniqueness of this story is that this story talks about Simon being bound up in witchcraft and manipulation. And it says that Simon had undoubtedly been practicing this for a long time. In other words, he had developed a pattern of thinking and a pattern of action. Listen, this pattern, come here, Brother Tim. Brother Tim was sitting there studying this pattern, uh, so I want you to open it up, Brother Tim. Now, Listen, the reason I wanted to use this pattern today is because this pattern represents a dress. All right? This pattern represents this. But the pattern is not this. It represents this. In other words... When you look at this dress and this pattern, you can't see this dress. But the pattern represents something that has framed this. Every one of us in here this morning, you were born and you were born according to a pattern. Doesn't matter who you are, you were born according to a pattern. This is where God wants to get you but you've got to recognize that you were born according to this pattern. If your last name is Phillips, then this pattern, you were born according to a Phillips pattern. If you're a Rodriguez, you were born according to a Rodriguez pattern. 
If you're a hood, you were born according to a hood pattern. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the family that you were born into, the genetics, the DNA that is in your body is your pattern for who you are. Every one of us has a DNA. Every one of us has a pattern. That is the reason that if you go down and you study a little bit about people, you can go back generations and generations and see the same traits in your forefathers that you have in your own life. That's the reason that you can go back a few generations and you can see that if your forefathers had, uh, had uh, ministry in their lives, then more than likely that's where you are or where you are heading. If you go back generations and you see some of your forefathers were alcoholics or drug addicts or something like that, I can promise you that you can look in your family and somewhere down the line you will see that same pattern. That is not what God wants you to be, but that is what you were born in. And the reason I'm saying that is that you were born a sinner. You were born into sin. The homosexuals cry out today, well, I was born a homosexual. You might have been, but you were born in sin. The drug addict says, well, I was born and, and I have that proclivity to be a drug addict. You might have done that, but you need to be born again. You see, because you will never come to this as long as you're bound to this. This is where God wants me to be. This beautiful young lady, or no, this, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, this is Pastor Judy. But I can never get there where God wants me to be until I recognize there's some things about this pattern that has got to be changed. So, thank you, Brother Tim. Now I want you to fold it back up like, like you found it. I said that to say this, and I'm going to try to hurry. When Simon's true self was revealed by Apostle Peter, Peter said to him, he said uh, in verse 22, our Verse 20, Peter said to him, after Simon, because of, of a pattern in his life that had not been broken, listen, patterns in people's lives cannot be broken by nothing but the word of God being applied into my life. You can, you can try and you do good. That's the reason that there, there are those perhaps that are here this morning. You have tried and things go good for a while. You might even go for a month and do good. But then all of a sudden something happens. 
something triggers in you and you go right back and you repeat that pattern over and over and over again because you have been trying to do it your way. You have been trying to get it done your way, but it has not worked. And I want to tell you this morning, there's only one thing that can break that pattern in your life, sir. There's only one thing that can stop that pattern in your life, ma'am, and that is getting connected with the Word of God, breaking yourself down under the power of the Word of God and letting it do the healing. Peter said this to uh, Simon the sorcerer. He said this, he said, thy money perish with thee because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with the money, with your money. He said, you don't have any part in this matter for your heart is not right with God. And he told him, verse 22, he said, repent of this, your wickedness, and pray if perhaps the thought of thine heart would be forgiven thee. Look at verse 23. Now Peter identifies what is going on in Simon's life. And, and I believe the reason that this story is in the Bible because Simon was a sorcerer. He was one that operated in the spirit of witchcraft and manipulation. And, and I said that to say this, that there are those this morning that you are under a power of manipulation because you have thought that, that the way that you were doing things would get you freedom and would get you liberty in your life. But I want to tell you this morning that what Peter identified was going on in Simon's life, I believe that there are many today that are in that same place. You And I'm not saying, listen, I know this is a bad message to preach on Pastor Appreciation Day because some of you might not appreciate me when I get through, but I'm going to tell you the truth, okay? Because the truth will set you free. Listen, Peter identifies some things, so I'm not saying, I'm not calling you uh, a witch. I'm not calling you saying that you're involved in witchcraft, but, but what Peter said to him, I believe that many people can identify. So look at verse 23, what Peter said. He said, For I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. I believe that you are in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. Listen, the gall of bitterness is a root of poison and bitterness that produces like fruit. In other words, it is a poison. It is a poison way of thinking. It is a poison idea that has produced bitterness in your life. And that, that gall of bitterness will produce like fruit. Listen, if the root is messed up, the fruit will, will be messed up. If your root system is contaminated, it will contaminate the fruit. Doesn't matter how many limbs you cut off of your tree. Doesn't matter how many limbs you cut off and take away from your family tree. If you don't deal with the root system, you will never fix the fruit production. Doesn't mean that you're a bad person. I'm just sharing with something with you this morning that I believe will bring freedom in your life if you hear it, if you listen. So that gall of bitterness... Is, is that poison, that bitterness that produces a light fruit, the bond of iniquity that, that Peter said, the, 
the bond is used of the ligaments that unite the joints of a human body. It's what the, that bond is what binds them together. Iniquity represents a pattern of sin. That word iniquity represents, it is sin, but it represents a pattern. It represents something that reoccurs. And Peter said, I believe that you are bound in the bond of iniquity. So what was he talking about? He was talking about, uh, Simon, you are connected to something. You are bound to something, and it is an iniquity to you. In other words, you are bound to something, and, and what you're bound in is a pattern in your life. And even though you had uh, uh, this, this uh, conversion or supposed conversion, that pattern was not broken in your life. Listen to this. Sin describes a specific failure between you and God. When you sin, it is, it is, it is a specific thing that you do uh, that, that hurts your relationship with God. But when we talk about the word iniquity, it is, it goes farther than that, and it begins to describe a sinful condition that's in an individual's life that continues to occur over and over and over again. That is the reason in Psalm 51, and verse uh, Psalm 51 is the chapter that David prayed. It was a prayer of David where David prayed asking God to cleanse him and forgive him for his failure with Bathsheba, the murder of her husband, the cover-up, and all of that. Listen to what he said beginning with verse 2 in Psalm 51. David said this. He said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Could it be that what David was saying was this? Could it be that David was saying, God, there's been a pattern in my life. There's been, there's been a pattern in my life that I have not been able to break. There's been a pattern, perhaps, David had a pattern of lusting after other women in his life. Maybe he had a pattern of manipulating other uh, women in his life. And David is saying, God, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. In other words, God, deal with the pattern in my life. Because here's where the pattern had gotten him. Are you listening? The pattern... Had, listen, the enemy will allow you to keep going and he will feed you a little along to keep you going until he gets you in the right place at the right time in front of the right people. And when he gets you in the right place at the right time in front of the right person, then that that he's been feeding you will not be enough and the only thing that can satisfy you is what is standing in front of you. 
The enemy did that with David. The right place was on his rooftop uh, when he should have been in the battle. The right time was at, at midday when it was all warm and everything like that. The right person in front of him was Bathsheba. And David stood there and watched her uh, from his rooftop and he saw her bathing and he made a decision in his mind. It was a pattern that had come to fruition in David's life and now it was about to bring destruction in his life. And when David began praying Psalm 51, he had lost his, his honor with God. He had lost his connection with God. He had deceived his people. He had had one murdered. He had done so many things and now he's standing before God, a broken down individual. Why? Because the pattern that he had allowed to continue in his life had brought destruction. Listen, you could go anywhere this morning and hear a different message, I know. But we are a, we are a nation of people that have been bound in a pattern, patterns of thinking, patterns of acting where there are families that are here today you are you are a victim of patterns that have been established in your family and I know this is out of the ordinary but guys God brought you here this morning and I'm going to give you this truth. You are a victim of patterns that have been established by your forefathers. Not Listen, and I'm not saying all of them were bad. Some of them might have been good. But there are some patterns in your life that you need to recognize that if you continue to operate in those patterns, it will always bring destruction in your life. Listen, the way they used to do it might not be good for you. The way that dad Daddy used to do it might not be good for you. When, when uh, your forefathers slapped their wives around, you need to recognize that that's where you get your temper from. That's where you get your anger from. And God is saying this morning and giving you a word of truth today that it's time to stop the pattern. It is time to kill the pattern in your life and shut it down and realize today that God has got something greater for you. He's got something better better for you in your life and it's not all of that God is saying I want to bring joy in your life I want you to be a person of peace I want you to walk in peace that I can give you so it's these patterns that we get in and we stay in and it becomes a rut that we follow and we don't even realize that we're following it until it's too late. And this is where Simon was. David said, Lord, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and, and my sin is ever before thee, before me. And he said, Against you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. And in verse 5, listen to this. This is what I was saying a while ago. In verse 5, David said this, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. What was David saying there? I believe that David was saying in verse 5, he's saying, God, I was shaped in the pattern of sin. 
I came out of my mother's womb a sinner. That is the reason we need an encounter with a holy God. David said, I was shapen. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in our mother's womb. But as we come out of our mother's womb, as you come through that birth canal, friend, you come out a sinner. David said, I was shapen in iniquity. We don't know anything about David's past, but I can't help but think that somewhere down the line there, David had some forefathers that were guilty of the same thing perhaps that he did. He said, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. But David said, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He said, cast me not away from thy presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. See, Simon right in the midst of God doing great things and in the midst of great revival taking place with signs and wonders. Simon was running right along with him, but in the middle of his running right along with him, he was still bound with that iniquity. He was still bound with that sin because he had never truly had an encounter with God. Listen, when you have a true encounter with God, Nobody will have to beg you to pray. Nobody will have to beg you to turn your back on sin. And listen, nobody will have to tell you that you're sinning. Because when you have a true encounter with God, Holy Spirit will show you. He will guide you and he will direct your steps. How much destruction has to take place in our lives before we recognize the pattern needs to be broken? How many lives do we see affected before we recognize that we need to break the pattern? Listen, and I'm, I'm fixing to close. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 11, the Bible says this about the last days, the days that we're living in. Jesus said, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And listen to this, and because iniquity, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Can I tell you what I believe that Jesus was talking about there? When he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Because iniquity operating in a person's life who claims to know Christ presents a powerless gospel, presents a powerless testimony because you are bound in bondage. 
you are bound under the power and the, and the chains of sin and it represents that that when people look they see that if God can't change you then he can't change me and people walk around wounded and beat down all the time no victory in their life no joy in their life no peace in their life all the fruit that's coming off of their tree is tainted and messed up and nothing about them is resembling what God wants them to be and I believe what Jesus was saying is because iniquity abounds the love of many others say I don't want any of that if that's what God's all about then give me something else if that's all there is to church then I'll go play golf on Sunday if that's all there is to this gospel thing then I'll go fishing on Sunday but listen Jesus prophesied it he spoke it that in the last days that many false prophets was going to arise and that he they would deceive many and he said because this pattern of sin uh, continues to go he said the love of many others will wax cold but listen to what he said he said but he that endures unto the end the same shall be saved listen ladies and gentlemen I want to tell you something this morning when you go against a sinful pattern in your life it is not fun it is not easy but I want to tell you something the end results will bring joy the end result will bring peace in your life the end result will bring prosperity in your life and what I'm saying to you this morning is that God is saying I'm looking for somebody that will recognize the pattern has been messed up in my life but I'm going to give myself over to the lordship of Jesus Christ and I'm going to bring myself under the authority of an almighty God. I don't care what people think. I don't care you call me fanatic. You call me crazy. You do anything you want to but I will break the pattern in my life. My children will not follow this. My children will not be submitted to this. I will break the that pattern in my life. I refuse to raise up another little devil. I refuse to raise up another little drug addict. I refuse to raise up another man that can't control his temper. I, can, I refuse to raise up another daughter that gets in the back seat with everything that comes along. I'm going to break this pattern in my life. It will not destroy my children. It has hurt me, but the, the hurt is stopped. Let me give you another one. Second Thessalonians chapter two and verse seven. The Bible says that the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now lets it will let until he be taken out of the way. Listen to the, the meaning of that word mystery, the mystery of iniquity. What is he talking about? When he said for the, the mystery of iniquity does already work. That word mystery in scripture it, it, it doesn't mean uh, what always remains secret. But what it means is this. It is that for which is, is hidden, but in due time it becomes manifested. So you could read that scripture like this. That that has been hidden prior is now being manifested as a spirit of iniquity or a the mystery of iniquity is now being manifested. So God has just been dealing with me 
about if you want revival, if you want revival. And every time I turn around, I am hearing that phrase, if you want revival. And so I'm saying, God, why are you saying that to me? And God is saying, if you want revival, there must be repentance and brokenness. Anything outside of that is not true revival. Anything outside of revival that comes through repentance is not really revival. It is just a spurt of energy that you will feel on Sunday morning and when you get up on Monday you'll be the same devil you was Saturday night before you came to church because it is not true revival but when you get an experience or have an encounter with God and it becomes true revival you will walk out of the church a, a different person So what is the answer? What is the answer for my struggle? What is the answer to, to this thing that I'm in? So I want to tell you this, and, and, and I'm just saying because I feel in my spirit that I need to say it. You've been through numerous relationships. You've had failures in numerous relationships and breakdown in numerous relationships and you point your finger at, at those that, that broke the relationship and you say it's them but I'm telling you this morning that it's not necessarily them it is you my friend it is you and God brought you here this morning and you say well pastor I wish you'd get off of my case uh, can I tell you why I, I'm not on your case God is on your case this morning can I tell you why that I believe that God is on your case this morning sir or ma'am is because a holy God has looked down and saw a man or a woman there that everybody else has written off and said they'll never change they'll never get out of that they'll always be like they are but God because of his great love looked down on your life and say sir I see something in you that nobody else has seen before ma'am I see something in you that nobody else has ever seen before it is a value there's a treasure on the inside of you there's some beauty on the inside of you there's something there that God is saying I want to bring that good out of you I want to I want to redeem that that has been messed up I want to redeem that that has been twisted up and manipulated by the devil I want to bring that out of you and God brought you to McCullough Christian Center on this Sunday morning in October to hear a word from oh sorry no good for nothing preacher but I listen I'm telling you this morning if you could see what God sees you you would get up out of your seat and run to the altar and say, God, take this pattern, break this pattern from off of my life. Yeah. Hallelujah. See, but because you stand in front of your own mirror and you look at yourself day after day after day,
and you listen to the devil that's saying you can never change. You can never make this right. You'll never get out of this pattern. You'll never be able to get free of this. You, you are who you are and you'll never be any different and you stand there and look at yourself in the mirror. I'm telling you this morning, break the mirror. Get out from in front of the mirror and get in front of the mirror of God's word because this mirror will also tell you how to start over. This mirror will will also tell you how to get free from the bondage that you're in. So here we are. How do we get out? I'm not going to give you five steps or ten steps in order to change your life. I'm not going to give you seven steps that you can take that will radically change your life and and make you lose ten pounds overnight. But I'm going to just tell you one thing. I'm going to tell you what Peter told Simon. And there ain't none of y'all in here. I know that ain't good English, but there ain't none of y'all in here as messed up as Simon was. But Peter looked at Simon, and he said this. The first word out of his mouth was R-E-P-E-N-T. Repent. He said repent. Verse 22, repent of your wickedness and pray to God if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. Repent. Repentance is not true unless it's a prayer to God. Repent. Say, Pastor, are you telling me that I need to repent? Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you from the least from the least to the greatest. Repentance needs to be something that happens daily in your life. But repentance is the door that you will walk through that will bring wholeness and freedom into your life. I know this is not popular today. But listen, the gospel was given, the good news was given to us to change us. I'm going to give you let me give you a couple more. Oh my goodness. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Isn't that awesome? that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Would you stand with me, please? Sister Kathy, would you come? I know it's late, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. I, I can't preach a word like this without giving you an opportunity to make a decision. Because a word like this that we've heard today, when you talk about breaking the pattern, A word like this requires decision. It requires making a decision. Here's the hope in this. And I've just read you those scriptures. But here's some more hope in this. Psalm 103 says this. 
And I, I can't help but think that this was a psalm that was written of one that was on the other side of the problem. They were on the other side of the pattern. The pattern had been broken, and now they were on the other side of it. And here's what they said. Psalm 103 said, I will bless the Lord, O my soul. And that word soul, when you look that word soul up, it means mind, will, and emotions. It doesn't mean I'm going to bless the Lord with just my heart. But he said, I'm, I bless the Lord, O my mind, will, and emotions. Bless his holy name. And then he said it again because the first time didn't get there. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And forget not all of his benefits. Listen to this. Who forgives me of all of my iniquities. Who heals me of all of my diseases. See, God is such a loving Father that He forgives. He washes it away. No, you can't do it, sir. You can't do it, ma'am. It is bigger than you are. And it doesn't matter if you go and, and chase Benny Hinn down and tell him to lay his hand on you. You can fall out, bound and get up bound. You can go pull evangelist Billy Graham up out of the grave and throw that bony hand on your head and still be bound. It's not a man. It is the man. It is the one that the psalmist was talking about when he said, I will bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He who forgives me of all of my iniquities. Think about that. The God who breaks the pattern of sin from over my life. This morning, here's what I want us to do. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you, if you will, not to move around. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to have respect for those who are standing beside you. If you are dying or you've got to go to the bathroom real bad, you can ease out. But otherwise, please give me just a few moments and I'm going to let you go. I want to ask you this question this morning. Do you have patterns in your life today that you know they are destructive and they need to be broken? If you do, I'm going to ask you this morning simply, if you will, to raise your hand. You're not raising your hand to me. You're raising your hand to God. You're saying, God, I acknowledge these things in my life that I need to stop. I need to break these patterns. I need to stop them in Jesus' name. I want you to keep your hand up for just a moment. And I want to ask you one more question. 
If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not really sure if I'm born again. Not really sure if I'm a Christian. I want you to raise your hand. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not really sure if I'm saved, but I want to be. Will you raise your hand this morning? Amen. Thank you so much. for Now listen, guys. And I'm going to talk to everybody because there's, there's, there's plenty more that you should be up here this morning. There are even some this morning that you're trying right now, you're trying to reason your way out. You're trying to reason. You, you, you're saying, I can, I can do this and stop it. I can do this and it, it'll work. And here you are, 15, 20 years later, and still hadn't worked. Well, I'm telling you this morning, God still loves you. But I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a way out. I'm gonna tell you this morning. So when you really want to break a pattern in your life, according to scripture, the first step is repentance. First step is is acknowledging this pattern is wrong. This pattern is bad. This pattern is destructive. So it's acknowledging that. And once you acknowledge that there's something going on in your life that is destructive and wrong, the second thing that you do is you repent. You say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry that I've allowed this pattern to continue in my life. And as you repent, you say, Father, I realize my weakness, that I can't break it on my own. I've got to have you. Here's the third thing. Remember when Jesus told his disciples, he said, these things come out only by prayer and fasting. There are things in our lives that become so ingrained and so rooted in our lives that it requires us sometimes to go into a time of prayer and a time of fasting. You say, oh, Jesus, you're going to tell me i got to go without food for 40 days? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this. After you confess it or acknowledge it and you repent of it, take some time and say, God, I'm going to set this time aside. For me, it would be in the morning. God, I'm going to set this time aside in the morning. And I'm going to start out with 10 or 15 minutes. And instead of sitting down at the breakfast table, eating those sausage that you don't need, God, I'm going to spend time with you for 15 minutes. Instead of eating breakfast, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to give you myself during that time. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get in the Word. Do that 15 minutes is all I'm saying that you can start with. You need to start with. Do that every day until your breakthrough comes. 
Now listen. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. I guarantee you that if you will do that and be consistent, that 15 minutes won't be enough. And that one little meal won't be enough because a hunger will begin to erupt in your life and you'll find yourself beginning to walk in victory. You'll find yourself begin to walk in, beginning to walk in freedom because what you're doing is you're breaking the flesh man and you're feeding the spirit man. I want it stopped. That's just, that's just, you don't have to do it exactly like I'm saying to do it. Prayer and fasting will break the pattern. Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, God, the name that is above every other name, Father, there. That God, that there is nothing that doesn't bow to the name of Jesus. There's no power, there's no authority that does not bow to the name of Jesus. Father, we speak that name this morning over these that have come. Father, you are Lord, you are Master. So, God, this morning in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray break these patterns break these patterns in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lord let these men and these ladies God become prayer warriors God let them become prayer warriors God let them begin to devour the word God let the word of God Father become the best meal that they eat every day in the name of Jesus Father bless them today Father in the name of Jesus, we speak your name today. We speak your name this morning in Jesus' name. The power of the name of Jesus. Lord, your word, your word, your word operating in their lives. Father, I just declare over every home that's represented here, every child that's represented up here this morning, every family that's represented up here this morning, Father, I just speak over their lives today that, God, that two months from now, they're going to look back on this day and they're, they're going to say, look what God has done. Look what God has done. I'm stronger than I've ever been. In Jesus' name, amen.